Hello and welcome to Emerge, Evolve, Lead, a podcast for people in recovery from addiction who want to be better leaders. I got clean and sober when I was 24, and then I started my corporate career. After several decades, I left that job and created Emerge Leadership Academy, where I train leaders and coach people in recovery who are ready to step up in their career. My name is Maureen Rosgem, and I'll be your host. Hi, everyone. This will be my last episode of Emerge, Evolve, Lead for a while, if not ever. I've really enjoyed producing it and meeting some incredible people that I've had on as guests. I'm quite proud, actually, that I got to 100 episodes in this series, and I do hope you've enjoyed listening. I'm going to share with you a little bit about my journey to find happiness in hopes that you might learn that you really don't need to pursue it or chase it as I did for years. And now I just am it. I am happy. (laughs) My goal in life has always been to be happy. I was on a constant chase for feeling good. I mean, a lot of you I know can relate. I'm sure this is why I became an alcoholic. I mean, I was a very moody, angry teenager. I couldn't much stand authority. I did not like school. I skipped as much of it as I possibly could and chased that perfect high for years, trying whatever anyone was willing to give me. The only thing I never tried actually was needles. And thank God I hated needles. But because of this lifestyle, I was pretty much sick all the time. Uh, smoking cigarettes and pot every day and drinking every night, eating cheeseburgers, fries, and pizza is not a healthy lifestyle. Uh, But those foods and drugs and alcohol that kept the sadness and the anger and the grief at bay, I did not want to feel the feels. And I was a very emotional person. So when I was with friends and partying, I felt happy unless I had too much, of course. And then I would pass out and wake up at four in the morning and had to drive home with extreme anxiety to face my mother sitting quietly in the kitchen waiting for me. Oh, that was such a horrible, horrible feeling that letting down of my parents, specifically my mom, I always was letting myself down too right? I was trying to be a better person, a better girlfriend, a better daughter, a better employee, but my addiction was always the thing that I put first. And being a student, of course, was very last on the list. (laughs) I hated school. I rarely went. I didn't realize what I was doing to myself until I finally had so much pain from stuffing that nothing could wash it away. I was miserable every day. And so many things that happened while I was out there using caused me to just feel such hatred for myself. I was not who I could be. And even when I tried to get high, it was never right. There wasn't ever like oblivion being high or the perfect high. There's nothing like that unless I was passed out or blacked out. And then I would wake up and hated myself more, right? So the only reason I think I never tried to commit suicide was because I had a mother that loved me. And I believe that that saved me in a way. Love is 
a savior. I finally reached out for help in January of 1985, and I began to attend AA meetings. I had one slip with pot on February 2nd. So February 3rd is my anniversary date, and I am celebrating 38 years, which freaking amazes me. Like, I just can't even believe so much time has passed. In my journey of recovery, I never want to forget that pain and desperation that I felt trying to make drugs and alcohol work for me. Getting high felt like the only road to happiness. But once I surrendered and began to listen with a whole new awareness, being clear-headed, I started to feel a new sense of power and joy that were indescribable. By the time I was two years sober, I was happily engaged to be married and completely in love with my best friend and soulmate, Paul. I had incredibly deep friendships and people who truly cared about me. And best of all, I had my self-esteem back. Being on the path of personal growth and expansion has never stopped. There were some years that I slowed down a bit, but really not much. I learned how to be very happy with my life and myself. I was able to change that negative voice in my head to one of positivity and gratitude. And when I had my baby at five years sober, I thought my heart would literally burst. I could not get enough of looking at her and loving her, but I was always one to work. So I put her in the daycare and went to work, not just because I needed money, but I loved all my relationships with professionals and using my brain to add value on a team. I felt like I could really be somebody now that I wasn't using, drinking and drugging. I had an excellent career and I continued to grow and evolve there as well in many ways, right? Mentally, emotionally. So now I had this excellent relationship, a happy, healthy child, a great community of support in AA, plus a group of women that I met with regularly that became my lifelong friends in sobriety. People I was sponsoring I also had, and a great job where I could exercise every morning, go to work, and then be home by 3.30 when my daughter got off the bus. I was never one to work like more than 40, 45 hours a week. Nope, that was not me because you know, I was really enjoying my life. Now I was going on vacations. I was starting to acquire material things and things were good. But, you know, (laughs) like on Facebook, we always see all the good stuff, but life was not all sunshine and roses. There were some very tough times. There were tough times at work when relationships were not the best, or I had a bad boss. There were times when I had some health issues. I've broken my wrist twice. I've had surgery four different times for different things. I had disagreements with family or friends. I've felt so stressed out because of money at times. I remember there was a time I could not get my daughter to eat normally or even do homework. God, I don't miss those days. (laughs) And then I went back to college for seven years in my 40s while I was working, raising a family 
and having to spend so many hours reading books and writing papers and taking care of myself and my sponsees and going to meetings. Like it was not easy, but I did it and I did it sober and I did feel all the feels, right? I celebrated when I reached milestones and I cried when I lost people. I cried with a lot of other reasons too, but there is a lot of grief in life. People will betray us. There are small betrayals all the time, but there's also emotions. They're fleeting. They pass. Like this too shall pass is not just a saying on the AA wall. Um, it really, really works. And going deeper into your spirit, into, well, I should say into my spiritual growth was, it just made all the difference because through it all, all of those quote hardships and all of those joys, there's gratitude and love and watching my thoughts. Like if I was brooding and melancholy, well, I'd pick up the phone and call a friend. I never stuffed that stuff anymore. There were several major transformations in my life. Like the year I got sober, that was when I was 24 and 25, that first couple of years. And I moved back from Texas to Connecticut and I completely changed everything about my life, everything, the way I thought, you know, who I was with, where I lived, everything financially. I got my new job. I mean, so much changed. And I, you know, then I had my baby. Well, when I turned 40, that was another time. And I broke my wrist for the first time. I also went back to college. I sold, we sold our house after 15 years and moved to a new town. We took Angelica out of seventh grade to homeschool her because she hated school so much. And I got a new job at work. So there was so much stress in my life, financially, emotionally, mentally, and then my dad died. There was a lot, a lot of stuff. Then there was the year I left my corporate job. I had major surgery that year. Angelica left a boyfriend and moved back home. So I had a growing nest instead of an empty nest. And guess what? She was pregnant. Paul went part-time at work, easing his way into retirement. And I started coaching a coaching business, right? I was 53 years old now. And there, and I, I actually knew nothing about starting a business, like marketing myself, asking for money, taking care of paying taxes and financing. It was a completely new lifestyle, right? Not having to get up and go to work or answer to anybody else. The best part of it was now I was helping people in a much more direct way than adding value on a team. It really meant something to me. I was so happy doing that. Even though I had all this adversity, I was dealing with all of this stress and I was leading, but I was leading and guiding others in life and helping them in their career it was such a great balance for all of the rest of the stuff. Because throughout my life and experiencing these transformations, I realized that without the self-reflection and going through the pain of these circumstances, I would not have had a transformation. I mean, we can change in life, but if we don't grow through it, right, we're just the same in a different situation. 
So I would not have felt the high levels of relief, satisfaction, and joy, like of my accomplishments or of getting through all those challenging times. You know what I mean? So it truly is, I think, the adverse challenges that helped me to craft like my character and hone my emotional intelligence and my compassion and all of it to be a leader of people. And in all my studies of human behavior and watching people do what they do, whether it's continue to grow or fall back into old destructive patterns, I know for me, I must keep growing. And I see the people that are growing and contributing to their community and their family and their life are the people that are the happiest. For the last 10 years, I've never missed a day of meditating. I have this spiritual practice now that keeps me centered most of the time. Yeah, I allow myself to have a bad day now and then. I I really do sometimes feel yucky and just I don't engage. I, I do take care of myself. I also love and accept my body and all its flaws. I could not say that 20 to 25 years ago. I've always struggled with my body image, but now I do love it. And I love and accept the shadow part of me that sometimes acts like a petulant teenager and swears a blue streak. <laughs> well, actually, I swear a lot, even on my really good days too. Swearing just makes life a lot more colorful and easy to handle for me. It also makes me laugh. So my chase for happiness, it certainly has subsided in my 60s. I don't have to chase. It's all around me on a daily basis. I have four amazing little grandchildren now that think I am the best person ever. And I, I accept that. <laughs> they let me hug them and squeeze them whenever I want. And they just take my breath away. I, you know what's also so much fun is every day I see these pictures of memories come up on my phone of when they were little at different ages and doing funny things. And I'll tell you, that is one of the biggest joys for me. So if you don't already do that, look at your memories every day on your phone and, uh, and see and take more pictures because you'll see, oh, this is what I was doing four years ago. That made me happy. <laughs> and I have health my health because I work at it. I work out every day or every, you know, at least five days a week. And I have friends because I work at it and I see them every month and I talk to them every week. I have text threads with them all. I have an excellent relationship with Paul because I work at it. We work at it and we do fun things together and we communicate well. I have awesome clients and I'm booking training gigs because I work at it. And as much as I thought work was one of the biggest stresses in my life years ago, now it is a comfort and a joy, even when it's hard, because I get to feel so good after it's done and I make a living at it, which is really fun. So these days I am immersed in contentment and joy, even when the shit hits the fan and it still does. Life will always throw the curveballs. And we can get through it clean and sober one day at a time. Although I'll be taking a break this year with recording more podcast episodes, I am still available at EmergeLeadershipAcademy.com. 
If you haven't already, I would love it if you would get on my email list by taking the quiz on the website to find out what animal best represents your leadership style at work. It's so fun. I do consider myself a personality expert and I can help you to get to know yourself better, even by just taking this little quiz. And then I send out a newsletter once a week. If you are in recovery and interested in playing a bigger role at work and ready to step into leadership, check out the Recovery at Work coaching program that I developed a few years ago. It's easier and quicker to work with a coach like me who can show you how to step into the next level of your potential and hold you accountable. I love watching the transformation of my clients. If you are a manager or a senior leader with a team of people working for you, then check out my personality at work programs to optimize your team dynamics and increase the productivity of those on your team. It will help you build much deeper levels of trust with your people. I have trained thousands of people over the last seven years, and you can be one of them. You can get on my calendar anytime by going to Maureen rg.youcanbook.me. All the links are in the show notes. I hope that you have an incredible year filled with happiness that you don't need to chase. (laughs) Simply love yourself and allow it to flow into your life while you embrace the challenges that life sends you. They really are blessings. Much love and many blessings to you all. Bye for now.